remember when we first moved into 14th street when in the hallway we had those four different pieces of art with the words on them you remember that and and mine was empiricism i think like empirical right it was green and if i recall yours was hedonism was that right i was i was i was the pink hedonism What's up, everybody? This is the What A Year Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy George. And today's episode is the last episode, at least for now, of the pod. So closing out the year uh, with an exciting topic and one that I'm really passionate about. So I hope everyone enjoys it. I hope it's a nice way to kind of wrap up the year, but then also start the new year with everyone's new goals and, and aspirations for 2022. Um, I've got with me one of my best friends, Brett. We're here to discuss goal number 49, which is to find my Ikigai. For those of you that are unfamiliar, Ikigai is a Japanese word. Um, the, the term basically roughly translates to your life's purpose or you know the meaning of your life. And this is something that Brett and I did. We went through an extra exercise where I actually sat down and really deliberately thought about this and kind of bounced ideas off of each other. We completed this on May 19th, 2021. And um, yeah, I'm excited to chat about it. So Brett, thanks so much for hopping on. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for having me back. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here to, to talk about the session that we did earlier this year. Yeah, man. And for anyone who listened to a few episodes ago, I think it was episode 11. Um, Brett was on with, uh, with Berman, Daniel Berman, to talk about starting a, a profitable side business Brett and I met in college. We were in the same fraternity together. We were pledge bros together. Uh, he went on to actually be the, the president of the fraternity. And then we've got a lot closer in New York. We, we lived together with a couple of our other friends, uh, Daniel and Kevin, Kevin Fruzesh. And then, you know, Brett and I started the business together with those guys. Brett is now living in New York City with his girlfriend, Allie. Uh, he's an agent with Compass, working million dollar listings. And, uh, you know, is also just someone that I literally talk to every single week. So, but we, we don't actually really talk about this type of stuff all too often. So it'll be nice to take a step back and just think a little bit higher level and not get too wrapped up into the weeds of things. Yeah. yeah I'm excited. I mean, we, um, talk so often about, uh, business stuff lately that, uh, conversations like these, uh, kind of get pushed to the wayside. So it'd be good to revisit this and, yeah, and see, uh, you know how we've been uh, thinking about this over the past six months since we talked about it last. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we literally haven't talked about it since then. This is much more exciting to me than talking about what type of carpet we want to get reinstalled in our master bedroom. <laughs> yeah, well, speak for yourself. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I, I would appreciate a nice uh, carpet selection exercise. That is true. I wake up to a text this morning from Brett. It's a picture of a bathroom vanity that <laughs> Brett wants to buy for our new bathroom to do a little bit of a remodel. Um, so it's good to have partners with very, uh, you know, balanced interests. So it's good that yeah. we all bring our different strengths. That's why we're, we're good business partners. Exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, so on the, on the Ikigai topic, I guess I'll, I'll give a little bit of background, um, just cause I don't, I don't think it's a concept that a lot of folks, uh, Americans are, are familiar with. And even in Japan, I don't know if it's, you know, like a hugely, um, ubiquitous thing, but it, uh, so the etymology or the, the background behind the word uh, Ikigai is, 
It was initially started in the Japanese town of Ogimi, which is kind of North Okinawa. And it was formed, uh, this village was considered the village of centenarians or village of longevity. Um, It had the world's largest life expectancy. um, And it was at the time, the village with the most 100 year old uh, residents. And so uh, uh, some researchers went to uh, this town, Ogimi, to try to figure out like what was their secret sauce. And the idea was that they all had a really strong ikigai. Uh, and again, ikigai roughly translates to your life's purpose. Um, and the way that it's visualized is like a Venn diagram with four different circles. And those circles are what you love to do, what you're good at, what you can be paid to do, and what the world needs. And the idea is that if you can find the intersection of all of those four things, you found your ikigai. And so, you know, we have similar types of visuals and, and concepts in the United States. I think the one thing that's typically missing that uh, I really appreciate about this Japanese version is, is that fourth, that fourth circle, which is what does the world need? So, you know, what can you, what can you give to the world that you're really good at, that you can be paid for, and you also love to do, then um, if you can find that thing, then, you know, do everything you can to make sure that that's what you do every single day when you wake up. And so that's, that's my approach to it. Um, Brett, for you, the first question that I wanted to ask you is like, when I initially reached out to you about this idea to sit down and actually go through this process, uh, you know, what was your reaction? Like, were you surprised? And also, why was it something that you wanted to get involved in? Yeah, when you originally uh, hit me up about it, I can't say that I was surprised because I feel like this is something that you and I would talk about a lot, just like sitting around the apartment and um, you know, we're both pretty philosophical and like to have deep conversations. And yeah. um, so, you know, I can't say I was surprised because we love having these sort of conversations to begin with. But at the same time, I was, you know, humbled and honored that you would want to talk about it with me because, you know, I, I, I love to talk about this stuff and uh, I love to bounce ideas off of each other. And and I think we we both have a similar approach to life and Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I really appreciated that, uh, this item on your list you wanted to do with me. Yeah, man. Do you remember what the result was when you and I went through this exercise and we kind of did a brainstorming session together? For sure. Um, yeah, from what I remember, the, the takeaway that I had from our exercise was, was really that I'm doing exactly what I feel like I should be doing with my life, with my career. Um, it was really refreshing to, uh, you know, go through that exercise and just kind of reinforce the notion that, you know, I'm doing what I love to do. I'm helping the world in a way of like being able to help people find their place in their home. And, you know, it's something that I can get paid to do. And it's also something that I, is it something I'm good at? I, I hope so. And I feel like it is. Uh, and, uh, it's something that I, I feel like fits me well. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. How about you? Do you do you um, still feel the same way you did as when we did that exercise before? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I feel 
more so that way. And I actually wrote down what my Ikigai is or was um, from that experience. And I think I felt pretty strongly about this on some level, like for a while now, but this, this experience that I have had over the past, you know, 12 to 18 months kind of cemented it for me. Um, and then going through the exercise of actually like really trying to define it um, when you and I went through this brainstorming session allowed me to put it down into one sentence Um I think my guy, at least for now, is to build a, a company or a business of some kind that fosters a community with a culture that encourages, celebrates, and empowers people to complete their bucket lists, not just dream about them. And that's, that's wow. like the one sentence that I feel really passionately about. Um, it's certainly something that I, I love, you know, I'm uh, obviously, you know, this, and, and I think other people, you know, anyone that's talked to me in the last 12 months knows that I'm very passionate about bucket lists. Um, and am I good at it? I mean, I don't know this, you know, it's similar to you. Like I'd like to think so. Um, but I, I think the only way I can find out is to, to keep working at it, but I think I'm good at this type of stuff and encouraging and celebrating others to, to complete things on their bucket list, but I'd really like to go, um, all in on it. Um, I think it is something that I can get paid for. You know, I, ha- I have a deep vision and, and you know, I've, I've started to put together a bit of a monetization strategy and like a real business plan. Um, and I think it's something that the world needs. Absolutely. Like, I, I think the world needs people that are doing things that they've always wanted to do, because at least for me, I think that's what enriches life. And, and I don't think everyone should agree with that necessarily. I think everyone has their own definition of what makes a good and rich and happy life. But for me, experiences are the currency of life more than, you know, the U.S. dollar or any other form of currency that we use today. I think if you can exchange experiences with other people, that that provides real value. And, and I just I believe that so wholeheartedly that it, it's finally kind of crystallized for me. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I'm happy to say that at least for now, that's that's my life's purpose. And I'm going to keep working towards that for at least the next five to 10 years. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, uh... I think that at least from uh, from the outsider's perspective, uh, you know, kind of watching you go through this year, it, it just seemed like you were in your element, you know, and, and you are, you're doing what you want to be doing. And, uh, you know, it's really cool to see. And, and uh, it's one of those things where like you feed off of someone else's energy, yeah, you know, because you can, you can tell like, you know, this person is, is doing what they want to be doing. So um, yeah, man. It's, uh, it's, it's really cool. Absolutely. Um, when you think about what you have done in the past, you know, as part of the exercise, what, what you and I did is we actually reflected on things that we've done before that had a significant impact on our lives and thought about, you know, where would they fall within this Venn diagram? Um, so in your case, I'm just curious, what was it that some of the things that you've done in your past were lacking when it comes to this, the, you know, these four different circles? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I, I think that, I mean, I'm very fortunate to have had a lot of opportunities in mm-hmm. life, and not only career wise, but just, you know, growing up the sports teams that I was on at and organizations part of in college uh, I've been very fortunate to have been really happy doing everything that I've done up until uh, moving into real estate. And, and now I'm, you know, even happier than I was before. So mm-hmm. uh, I think the the one thing that sticks out to me in terms of just where I, I was, 
incongruent with deep down what I'm really looking for. I think it, it doesn't really fall into the bucket of, you know, is, was it something I love to do or does the world need it or am I good at it? It was more of like, were my psychological needs being fulfilled in those prior roles and, and careers? And the one thing I keep looking back to is the autonomy aspect and kind of um, running my own show and being my own boss. And uh, with my prior careers, you know, I was an employee working for another company um, helping build someone else's business. And I really didn't have complete control over how I spent my time and the things that I worked on. And I'm the type of person that really likes to have a lot of control over how I spend my time and um, Mm. what I work on. And so uh, I knew that building my own business and and starting my own company one day was going to be how I was going to fulfill that psychological need of autonomy. And so although that I was I was doing things, uh, you know, skill wise and organization wise that aligned with my Ikigai, I I still I, I wasn't being fulfilled with that psychological need of autonomy. And mm-hmm. I think that's where I've really been able to hone in on fulfilling that need, kind of growing my own real estate business. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, now I really feel aligned with where I should be in life and, and um, you know, what I'm, what I'm building for the rest of my life, really. Right, right. Um, I think, and obviously not everything needs to be within the confines of like these circles, but it sounds to me like maybe that was missing from the love section. Like you probably were good at a lot of the things that you did before. And I think it's also very possible that you might not love something initially, but if you're good enough at it and you get rewarded for it, you can learn to love it. But it does sound like part of all of your jobs were missing that one aspect that is something that's deeply important to you, which is that autonomy. Um, And so maybe you didn't truly love it. Maybe you learned to love it because um, you were good at it and you were able to make money and you do feel, you did feel like you were doing something, but ultimately you have that entrepreneurial mindset on some level where you really like to dictate your schedule and how you do things. And you're willing to, you know, sacrifice stability, comfort, rigidity, so that you can, you can pursue that full time. Um, that's not really anything to respond, just mostly kind of an observation from my side. Yeah, no, that, no that's a really good point. Um, I think that I, I was um, kind of, you know, teaching myself to, to love it. Uh, but, you know, deep down, there was that one little aspect that um, I didn't love. And, uh, mm. and, and, and that makes perfect sense. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I found something that I loved even more after that. Yeah. I should also, I think I should caveat this with like, the, the, the concept of the Ikigai is not something that's set in stone and then is your Ikigai forever, right? The idea is it's also fluid and it can be constantly changing. So your Ikigai one year could be different to the next. And ideally you find something that is pretty consistent over time and maybe you, it gets even more and more hyper-focused. But um, do you think that your concept of the Ikigai for you will change over time? Or do you feel like pretty cemented in like, yeah, this, this is it? Yeah, I'm sure it will change. Uh, the question I think is really, you know, how, how quickly will it change? And, you know, is that, is that a couple years from now? Is that five, 10 years from now? 
Right. That's, I think, the big unknown. But I'm sure as I yeah. get older and as my career progresses, uh, you know, my, my priorities for what I think the world needs, I think, are going to change. And, you know, as I, as I build my business and, um, you know, start branching into other businesses, I'm sure that uh, I'm going to redefine this ikigai fairly consistently. And I think that this is something that, you know, you and I should, should do annually, just similar to how we, we look at our personal goals. And, Mm. um, you know, I think that it'd be cool to just check in on this fairly consistently, you know, because, uh, because I feel like it will change. I don't know. What do you think? I think it inevitably will change. And if it doesn't, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think if it does change, that just means progress and, and growth in a lot of ways. Um, so I, I think if it does change, that's actually quite good. So I'm, I'm excited for that though. You know, I'm excited to like answer that question of, of will it change? Because I don't really know if in my entire life, if I've ever really focused and sat down and said, okay, let me actually work on my icky guy. Um, so now I, now I can, and then, and then if it changes, that's great. Cause that means I actually made some progress, yeah. which actually, um, led me, it leads me to a question that I'd wanted to ask you. Um, I had a I had a really interesting conversation with a really really good friend of mine, um, and just for anonymity's sake, I won't say his name, but a really good buddy of mine I've worked with in the past, and we were talking about goal setting. And I asked him, "Do you do annual goal setting?" Because obviously we're coming up on the new year, and his answer was no. And I was actually really surprised by that, just because he's he's a very accomplished, very driven, determined person. And so I think I just kind of assumed that that he would have that type of mentality. And he said that he doesn't think goal setting in and of itself is bad, but that he didn't like goal tracking. And when he sets goals, you know, inherently that means you're like, you know, writing them down and you're, you're tracking your success towards those goals. And his argument for it was that he felt like it didn't allow him to be present and it didn't allow him to be in the moment. And rather it forced him to kind of be thinking about the future and these goals constantly. He didn't like that. Um, so I'm just curious for you, what's your reaction to that? Or what's your response to it? You and I talk about goal setting and goal tracking a lot, but do you agree with some of what he's saying? Do you feel differently? You know, kind of open-ended. I'm just curious what your reaction is. Yeah, that's interesting. I, um, I, I think that that's a perspective I really haven't heard before. And I, I kind of like it because I can understand, I think where he's coming from. I, Mm -hmm. I feel that as well when I'm setting annual goals and I, you and I, I think approach it a little differently. Like you're very structured and you, every quarter you're revisiting your spreadsheet and you're looking at, you know, am I on track with this goal? Am I on track with this goal? Whereas, you know, Mm -hmm. over the past couple of years, we've done that exercise, but am (laughs) I, you know, am I in there every quarter? Like you are, am I on track? (laughs) Yeah. no, that's not me because I, I do yeah. kind of take that, that mentality that, that your buddy takes, which is like, yeah. you know, there's at a certain point, these goals, I think can become overwhelming and restrictive and yeah. even like anxiety causing if you take them totally. too seriously. Uh, you're, you're just a very like structured person. And I don't think you get anxiety by looking at goals that you're not on track. 
for. I right? get anxiety like, if I know that I'm not tracking it. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, see, that's, <laughs> it's just so, different. So that's where you, you and I are, are different. So, exactly. so yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm right in between there. I like to check in with goals that I've set and really just use it as kind of like a, a pulse check of, you know, where, where am I in my life and are the mm-hmm. same things that were important to me a year ago still important to me, or do I want to focus on something else this year? And, and, you know, when I, when I sit down every year and set my goals for the year, it's more of like a a therapeutic exercise for myself. And I keep them in the back of my head throughout the year. Uh, But it's not something that I'm religiously tracking. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's something that I look at once a year and, and I just kind of check in with myself. Um, So, um, you know, everybody approaches it differently. Yeah. So that's interesting, man. Um, well, I'm, I pretty much feel like, uh, I've gotten all of my questions answered and everything that I wanted to talk about, but is there anything else that you wanted to mention with regards to Ikigai or, you know, just anything else broadly? Yeah. I mean, broadly, I was just curious, uh, how your Ikigai has evolved since we last spoke in May, you know, it's Mm -hmm. been, uh, seven, eight months now. So, um, so yeah, I, I think the the sentence, like the mission statement that you've distilled from this year is really cool to hear, and yeah. um, I'm just ex- I'm excited to see how you kind of live that out here over the next few years. Yeah, I think there are a lot of things that could be my ikigai, but this is the one. This is the one like mission statement that resonates with me the most right now. Um, and and so now you know now that I've got it, it there's nothing left to do other than just execute. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and I remember you mentioning that you've been thinking about monetization strategies around this. I mean, is um, mm-hmm. what are some of the ways you're you're thinking about going into yeah. that? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, as I'm sure is no surprise to you, I have a spreadsheet. So I have a I have a spreadsheet and actually a short pitch deck that I started to put together um, to think about different monetization strategies and and also just like more inherently like what's the value of this product that I want to build um, and you know without without like laboring it too much um, essentially you know my idea is that I think it would be great to have a space like a website maybe an app but probably like a web platform where people can go and upload their bucket lists and uh, you know you can share all the things that you want to do in life. Um, and then as you complete them, right, you can start to cross things off and you can commemorate those experiences with pictures and videos and journal entries and quotes and all that stuff and answering survey questions. Um, but you can also see other people's bucket lists. You can th- see what they've done. You can, you know, add things from their list to yours, et cetera. So there's a little bit of interactivity, which I think is, you know, which is cool. It's not super unique, but, um, a cool notion. The part that I think would be interesting is if you could start algorithmically matching people based on things that are still open on their bucket list um, with other people, right? Who either have a similar thing um, on their bucket list, or maybe have actually already done that thing that you want to do. So they could lend a hand in terms of like helping you do it. And when I think about my project, you know, it's like this whole year has made me realize that it's really the people that, that join you along the way. It's the memories and the relationships that you build. That's what makes doing all this so worth it. And so, so just fulfilling, you know, it's cool to check things off your list for sure. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm a big list guy. I enjoy that. But 
really what made this just like such a transformational year for me and kind of reinvigorated my just enthusiasm for life was the people. It was the, it was the relationships. So what if I just had an app where I could just post that? Right. And then instead of me having to like proactively go out and reach out to all these people and make it happen, it would be nice if I could just remove that friction a little bit and just naturally start to match people. Like if Andrew also had on his bucket list, I want to bike down the Pacific Coast Highway from San Francisco to San Diego, you know, we could have been matched by an app. Right. We, we, I didn't need to reach out to him. And maybe I wouldn't even know this guy. Right. I might not even know Andrew Clark, but we just happen to have this really common interest. And I think that when you forge relationships that aren't just based on like convenience, you know, a lot of our friends just happen to be like in the same area as us or went to the same school as us, took the same classes, worked together. And that's great, right? Like that's still a community of in and of itself. But I think if you can forge relationships that are based on what you inherently are driven by and something that like viscerally is important to you, that is a, that's like an unbreakable bond. Um, and so that's what I want to create for people. So anyway, sorry, I've been, I kind of went down a rabbit hole there, but in terms of monetization, uh, when you think about like, if that's the value that I'm driving for my users, the data, and I'm a, you know, I come from a data background, the data that I would have and is, is so valuable because it's these people that are literally raising their hands and saying, Hey, these are all the things that I want to do before I die. And it could be, you know, just like this, the typical stuff, like I want to go skydiving, like what skydiving company wouldn't want to have access in some way to my users. Right. Cause like you can literally know these are 500 people that are in, you know, within five miles of XYZ zip code that have said like, I want to go skydiving that is on my bucket list. I have put it out in the world. Now, every skydiving company should want to have access to that. So that's one route. You know, I don't want to sell people's data, but there's an opportunity there, right? Um, the other thing is more of like a market ch- marketplace exchange. So like I wanted to learn how to play guitar and I wanted to perform it on stage. Um, you know, and I just happen to have a really good friend, Mitchell, who's a guitar teacher. Um, and so I was connected to him, but like there was a value exchange there, right? And I ended up paying him for his services. And so in the same fashion, I start to envision a world where, People are being connected to others that have an inherent skill set that is worth something, right? And so there's able to be a, a value exchange in that way as well. Um, so, and then, you know, and then obviously there's like freemium type stuff, like we could start releasing new products, you know, and, and services. Like you could have, you could hire someone to like come and be your videographer, your photographer when you go do a thing and like you can pay extra for that package. I think there's a lot of different ways to monetize. And, and I, I think ultimately what it comes down to is like, if, if I can execute on this value that I'm trying to create, there is going to be so much, you know, tangible value in the types of data that I'm going to be collecting and, and able to utilize to benefit my customers. Um, I, I think there's a world in which you can create a real win-win and, and make some money too while doing it. I love that. Yeah, I think that it's uh, it's it's something that's such so deeply meaningful to people when you talk about the, their bucket list and the things that they really want to accomplish in their personal lives. It, mm-hmm. it it often just gets overlooked and pushed to the side, and there's really no company or service out there that that you know caters to to those needs uh, that uh, people wanting to do things that that truly matter to them and if you're able to create a social platform that, that connects people and, and helps them accomplish the things they really want to do, like, you know, that, that's creating real value right there. I'm sure, you know, the, uh, the, the monetization will just come naturally. I mean, I hope so, man. That, that's the goal, right. Is for it to just be natural. Um, and, 
and, and not necessarily be the focal point of my business. So I'm less concerned with having a monetization strategy right off the bat. And I'm much more concerned with just creating value, you know, a place where people really feel like they're getting something meaningful and then hopefully everything else follows. But uh, I, I, on that note, no, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And I don't want this, you know, <laughs> I feel like I've been talking so much about this. And I don't want this to just be like, oh, you know, here's my idea. Uh, although I do hope, you know, five years from now, we can look back on this podcast episode and be like, yeah, like that was, you know, that was, that was the start of it. That was the birth of, of this company. You heard it here first. You heard it here first, folks. Um, but um, on that note, I did want to ask you what is, well, actually, I want to say two things. Uh, I want to make a statement and then also ask you a question. Um, one of my goals for next year, uh, in line with this ikigai of mine is I feel like, you know, last year was all about me. It was very self-centered. It was like, this is my bucket list. This is what I want to do. You know, how can I do things my way moving into next year? I want to help five other people. I've, I've landed on that number sort of arbitrarily, but I want to help five other people complete something on their bucket list, or at least make significant progress. And I'll figure out how to define that later. But basically, I want to find five people that I can really help and selflessly, right? Like, obviously, I'm not going to charge for this. I'm not a coach. I have, I have no I have no vested interest other than that I think this is part of my ikigai, right? My broader purpose. Um, so I want to advertise that, you know, for anyone who's listening, if you if there's something that you've always wanted to do but just haven't gotten around to, um, and you think 2022 is the year to finally get started, you know, send me a note. You go to my website. You can contact me anonymously, or you can you know text me, find me on Instagram, whatever. Um, tell me what it is that's on your bucket list, and then I'll, I'll be making a selection probably sometime in January, February of the five people that I'm going to try to work with. Um, because I, I think that will be really fun and just like a cool experiment to see like what, how can I help people do the things that they've always wanted to do, even if they haven't felt like they had the time or the resources or, you know, the courage to do it on their own. Um, with that said, uh, what's one thing, Brett, that's, uh, that's on your bucket list. I know we talked about the Boston marathon, uh, on the last episode, but is there anything else that, uh, that that's on your bucket list? You know, I, so that that's the big one, and uh, one thing that I've that I've wanted to add to my Boston Marathon uh, goal is to raise a, a significant amount of money for charity. I, I haven't defined nice. what that number okay. is, but you know, when running my first marathon a couple of weeks ago and and seeing you know some of my close friends raising money for St. Jude. I thought was just so powerful to, to see uh, yeah. somebody doing something for themselves and, and, yeah. you know, r- training for a marathon while also raising money to, to help a, an organization that, that helps out other people yeah. um, was just really powerful to me. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, since we've spoke last, I've, I've decided that, you know, if it's not for the Boston marathon, um, for another race that I'm training for, I want to raise a, a significant amount of money, um, for, oh, yeah. for, uh, for a charity in, in 2022. And, um, you know, that's something that takes a lot of work and, you know, it's, uh, it's reaching out to a lot of people to ask for help. And, um, so I think that, uh, that that's, that's one thing that I do really want to focus on mm. in, in 2022. So mm. I'll definitely be reaching out to you for help on that one. 
Nice, dude. Well, yeah, that sounds like an awesome one. Um, obviously, I would love to help in, in whatever way I can. So let's definitely talk about it. Yeah, so, man. Well, obviously, as always, great catching up. I'm sure Ali is ready to uh, have you back because I've occupied you for like the last two hours now. Um, enjoy, enjoy Miami, man. Enjoy that sun. Yeah, thanks, dude. All right, brother. Well, I'll probably talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> but yep. Until uh, then. Or later today. Or probably later today. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'll until call you then. after we hop off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, much love, man. Appreciate you hopping on. All right, my man. Final episode of the pod. That was, uh, yeah, that was fun. Congrats. One. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. All right. Back to you. All right. Later, bro. <laughs>